0: Hi, David Oakes here. You're tuned in to the Minor Touches, to major impact podcast for nonprofit fundraisers. Today, I'm going to share with you 12 ways that your fundraising writing will make your English teacher cringe. Yep, 12 ways that fundraising writing differs from what your English teacher taught you in high school and in college. Glad you tuned in. You're in for a treat. Okay, 12 ways that your fundraising writing will make your English teacher cringe. 12 things you're gonna do that makes your English teacher wonder, did you learn anything in his or her classes? Visionary nonprofit leaders collect stories. We do that to give voice to the voiceless. It's how we ensure that other people who should be heard, get heard. And when we tell their story with integrity, we're passing them our microphone. We're allowing them to step up on our platform, and they help us understand, learn, and see the world through their eyes. This kind of storytelling, it moves, it inspires, it motivates donors to join with us to see our mission accomplished. If we can and when we stop talking about ourselves and instead focus on telling our constituent and our beneficiaries' stories and how our mission and vision impacted them, then that's how our mission and vision gets told and broadcast and advertised. It's this Third-party endorsement from our beneficiaries and our constituents. It's their third-party endorsement that is so much more powerful than our first-party solicitation. Focusing on the great impact of our mission inside our beneficiaries' lives through their stories, it puts the fun Back in fundraising. But fundraising writing, it differs from the writing that we were taught in high school. Our English teachers would likely cringe if they read our fundraising writing today. Now, this hits home when you write something and your writing gets rejected by a, quote, professional who encounters it and often that professional it can be your boss it can be your board it can be that person or that group of people who has to approve what you write before it gets printed they're trying to be helpful and in trying to be helpful they'll try to make your writing fit their paradigm probably what they learned in high school and in college and it can hurt your feelings. I know you feel me there. Now, what's different about fundraising writing? I'm going to give you 12 things today. Okay, the number one thing that's different. Fundraising writing has a specific goal. Fundraising writing has a specific goal that's different than the writing that you were taught to do in high school and in college. It begins with a specific need, and that is, you're going to write to motivate donors to give. Folks, this is not journalism. This is not getting the five W's in your first paragraph. It's getting people to give, and it involves pushing them past their human selfishness to start thinking about others and to join you in making history. Oh, that is no small thing what we, you and I, the job that you and I have to do. So number one, fundraising writing has a specific goal and it is to motivate people to give. Point number two, number two, the second way it's different is fundraising writing is conversational. Great fundraising writing sounds like two people having a conversation. And when it's done well, it feels like someone is talking to you and with you. Now, the following, I'm going to give you a celebrated line of prose from a true classic. It's beautiful. It's correct, but it is useless for fundraising. I'm going to quote Joseph Conrad from Heart of Darkness. Ready? Here it goes. And perhaps in this is the whole difference. Perhaps all the wisdom, all the truth, all the sincerity are just compressed into that inappropriate or inappreciable moment of time in which we step over the threshold of the invisible. Now, those few lines... Actually, that's one sentence. It's beautiful. It's a celebrated line of prose from a true classic, but it is useless for fundraising. Great fundraising writing. It sounds like two people having a conversational. Done, done well, it feels like someone's talking to you. Conversation has a rhythm and a syntax that's unlike written English. You can even take someone's, you can copy someone's actual speech, but it's unreadable. Hence, the skill that you bring to the table as a fundraising writer, you're going to make it actually readable. Some key features are short and simple sentences. Most sentences are under 10 words, not long sentences like I just read to you above. It's in sentence fragments. In, in real life conversations, sentence fragments are the norm. Now, in real writing, we use complete sentences. Of course, we do. But in conversation, we don't use, we don't always make sure that our sentences are complete. We use sentence fragments. We use contractions. Actual conversations are full of contractions and smaller words. Instead of saying we acquire, we say we get. Instead of alleviate, we just use the word so it's conversational. Conversation uses cliche like bulls and china shops <laughs> or new people use cliche all the time. They do. And in normal conversation and in fundraising writing, we have abrupt topic switches. It's the way we speak. It's the way we talk. And in, in conversation and in fundraising, we don't have time to sweat the transition. So we have abrupt switches in topics. It's easy to read. It's of a low reading level. It's never written at grade 12 or 11 or 10. It's written around the sixth grade or so. Intentionally, we write at around plus or minus the sixth grade level because it's so much easier to read. A short. Paragraphs. We talked about short sentences. We also have short paragraphs. We have paragraphs. Paragraphs in fundraising writing that can be sometimes one, maybe two short lines. A whole paragraph. We can make one line, one sentence, a paragraph. It uses emphasis with underlining, face, highlighting, italic, lots of margin between paragraphs, and even those two spaces. After a period, we use subheads and entry, subheads to give our readers entry points because our readers don't read what we write from top to bottom. They find different places to join in to read. Fundraising writing seeks the drama. It focuses on the conflict, the broken things, the things that need to change. It clearly shows the problem that needs to be solved. And we're recruiting the reader we're going to write to specifically and intentionally appeal to their values and their belief. So we're going to fo- focus on emotion and feeling. So point number two, the second way that your writing as a fundraiser is different is it's conversational. It's conversational. The third way that your fundraising writing will just kill your English, it'll cause your English teacher to cringe, is it is filled with the word Y-O-U, you. I'm going to read from the Bloomerang page. I'll put the link in the show notes. You can click on it. You read it. You copy it and paste it back into detail. Read it. Memorize it. Here it is. You and all its variations. The word you and all its variation. You'd. You'll your you are your yours yourself you've you have a contraction for you have they are like fly traps to your readers calling out to them and making them pay attention to what you're saying using you, Y-O-U, words, it also keeps your writing oriented toward giving the donor the credit for the good things they've helped make possible, which makes them feel good. And donors who feel good about giving to you, they will keep giving to you. That's a big deal. It's called donor retention as fundraisers. Fundraising writing is not an efficient account of an event. It is aimed at the heart, not the head. It puts the donor inside the story. We actually write to make the donor, and with the word Y-O-U, you, we make the donor actually a character in the story we're telling. So fundraising writing is filled with the word you. Point four, the fourth way that your English teacher is going to cringe. Fundraising writing can be Long. When your appeals are written well, a larger and a longer letter performs better. When you write well as a fundraiser, longer letters perform better. Now, ask your donors if they'd rather read a short or a long letter and they will click- quickly tell you short. But in reality, they respond better to longer letters. Now, I hope you caught the key phrase here. It's when appeals are written well, now when written badly, doesn't matter if they're short or long, they are not good and they won't get you the money they need. That's point number four. Okay. Point number five, the fifth way that your fundraising writing is going to make your English teacher cringe is fundraising writing is repetitive. No one, that is no one reads your writing from top to bottom, word for word, like you and the people who proofread your stuff do. Donors instead glance at your writing and they'll grab a nugget here and there. Understanding this, fundraising writers repeat their CTAs, call to action. We understand that if it's not repeated, it's not Remembered. What you don't repeat will not be remembered. You know how we know that Martin Luther King wanted us to remember that he had a dream? In his speech, he repeated, I have a dream over and over and over. He used repetition as a rhetorical tool and fundraisers use repetition as a rhetorical tool to help their ideas take root and raise money for their mission. My children used repetition to get what they wanted. And when they repeated it enough, you know what I did? You know what their mom did? You know what we did here at the Oaks household when the Oaks children continually repeated what they wanted. We gave them what they wanted. So point five, the fifth way is fundraising writing is repetitive. The sixth way that we're going to make your English teacher cringe is fundraising writing is simple. Great writing in a fundraising field focuses really on two things. That's the problem and the solution. The problem and the solution that the donor can be a part of. There are a lot of details in between the problem and the solution that we minimize. We don't talk about so much how your nonprofit brings change. We just focus on the problem and the fact that you bring change. The details about how you do it, they impede our message. Fundraising writing, it's very simple that way. This kind of, I need to tell you this, this kind of simple writing, it's aimed at and it connects with donors. It won't connect It likely will not connect with your internal audience. This external kind of writing that connects with your donors, it probably won't connect with your internal audience, i.e., I'm talking about probably your boss if he doesn't know understand how that fundraising writing is different. If your boss doesn't understand this, he's going to look at your fundraising writing. It won't connect with him and he's just going to put red lines through it. Now, if you know this, it'll keep you from some depression, (laughs) not all of it. It'll keep you from some aggravation because you understand you are right and you've got to educate your boss or you have to educate your uh proofreaders that you're doing fundraising writing here. Listen to me. Your donors care less about the how, and so you're going to not write about it. You're going to minimize the how your organization brings change, and they're going to focus. They care more about the fact that they can bring change with you. Okay. All right. The seventh way that our fundraising writing is different from that that our English taught teacher taught us in school, is fundraising writing is urgent. Fundraising writing is urgent. Yesterday, I think it was on a podcast from NPR I was listening to, was a news report telling me that the number of food insecure household in America since the pandemic has increased to 30% nationwide. Now, if you stop and think about that, it's astounding. But there's the problem. Most people won't stop and think about it. That's a fact with no urgency or emotional power. This kind of factual journalism, it's worthless for fundraising. And to break through the noise requires storytelling that focuses on one person. Here's a line that is different and is urgent. Listen to me. Last time I saw Susan, she was in a horribly weak state. It was because she hadn't eaten in days. Wow. Now that's two small sentences. That's not about hunger. That, on the other hand, is about one person who's starving. That demands a response. That's different. Fundraising writing with urgency moves someone from not giving to giving. It moves someone from Being a, from not being a giver to being a giver. Okay. The eighth way that your fundraising writing is different from what your high school teacher taught you that will make your English teacher cringe is fundraising writing shows vulnerability. Being vulnerable in fundraising means being vivid and specific about what can happen if donors don't give this is difficult for fundraisers it's hard for them it seems I don't understand but it's hard for them to be vulnerable and say if you don't give here is what could happen great fundraising collateral helps the donor see the costs of not giving, of inaction. Fundraisers help donors see the world with their gifts. We do that, but we also help the donor see the world without their gifts. Now, we, I gave you a line about Susan, how that Susan was in a horribly weak state, and she, it was because she hadn't eaten in days. Listen to this line. We're going to help the donor see what it looks like if they don't give if, and here it is, if Susan doesn't get some food soon, her body will explode, explode in stress hormones that will leave her in anxiety or depression. And in time she will lose touch with her body's hunger cues. You see, we've just helped the donor to see the world without their gifts. Here's what happens to Susan if they don't give. So the eighth way that you're fundraising writing is different from what your English teacher taught you is it expresses and shows vulnerability. If you don't give their donor, there's a price and a cost someone's going to pay. Here is Susan. She's going to pay if she doesn't get the food she needs. Okay. The ninth way is that fundraising writing aims for a response now. Giving now and not later It matters in great fundraising appeals, a phrase like, would you consider giving hope today? And I see that all the time. Or would you think about giving hope? They are a weak substitute for just the out, just out in front, ask, would you give a gift today? Listen to this. Susan can't go for many more days to get the food she needs. She needs for you to give a gift today. Fundraising writing aims for a response now. This is not journalism, folks. We haven't, we're not trying to be objective. We are subjective. We ha- are on a mission where we need for donors to give and we're going to challenge them to do it in our fundraising writing. Okay. The 10th way that your fundraising is different and might make your English teacher cringe is that fundraising writing is emotional. We... Uh, As fundraisers, as visionaries, we understand that donors give because something emotionally moved them to give. When we spend money, it usually is not done for rational purposes. We first make the decision to give emotionally, and then we look for the rationality. So fundraising writing is emotional. Listen to me. Think about it think about it. Giving money away is not a rational decision. (laughs) It's an emotional one. Nobody gives money away and does it for rational reason. This is why fundraising writing is about people, not statistics and facts. You will use statistics and facts, but we will use that we will minimize them we only use them inside the context of a good story about a person okay so fun writing fundraising writing it's emotional All right, the eleventh way that your fundraising writing differs and could give your English teacher pause is great fundraising writing. It calls donors to specific action. Great fundraising writing gives donors specific reasons to give. Ineffective writing invites donors to give to abstract definitions in general ways. When you see um, fundraising writing that says, give hope today, help us help our beneficiaries, or stand with us today, or please show your support, or join us in our cause. Great fundraising writing that doesn't give donors specific reasons to give. It practices the weakest form of fundraising, and I see it Every day. Now, listen to me. Past generation generations, they gave to these weak CTAs because people used to trust institutions. And they saw it as their civic duty, but not today. Y'all, times have changed. We don't trust our institutions today. Donors are not driven by duty so much. Donors who are driven by duty, they are few, they're rare, they're a dying breed. Donors today give because they have been given specific reasons to give. You can do a poor job on every other part of your fundraising, but mess up your call to action, mess up your specific CTA, your specific call to action, and you will not get the money you need. Instead of asking donors to provide hope, instead ask them to provide a piping hot, nutritious meal. Did you grab that? Instead of asking them to join with you in giving out hope, ask them to pay for something specific that your beneficiaries need. All right, the last way, point number 12, and I just alluded to that, fundraising offers have a specific cost. Rather than vague asks for support or hope with no price, give your donors specific attributes and cost. Tell them, a dollar and a quarter, $1.25 provides one meal for a hungry person. Tell them $25 provides counseling for one person. Tell them that $200 pays for and provides one semester's education. Tell them tell them that 1500 pays for one student's education for one year. Ah. All right, so I've just given you 12 ways that your fundraising writing will likely make your English teacher cringe. (laughs) So I want you to understand this, study it, know it, and write in such a way that your donors, that people are motivated and inspired to give to help you change the world that's my show today just give you 12 points don't forget as a fundraising writer you are not begging you are not pleading you are merely inviting donors to join with you to leave the world that we found in a better place all right god bless you until next time this is dave and say saying so long